Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. We watched, finally. Well, before you say that, I think that people have to understand that we've been working pretty much nonstop for, yeah. for all of like, quarantine. quarantine. Yeah. And so our like um, exposure yeah. to culture yes. is so infinitesimally small. Yeah. Uh, like, we watched the Jordan documentary with the rest of the world yep. every Sunday night. But that's like it. That's probably about it. Um, like you know, you know there, Saturday there's been a Saturday night. night. Yeah, yeah. But but like, there's really nothing that like we're not watching TV every night. I I would say I'm the most boring guest at a dinner party right now, only because I have nothing to talk about. All I do is work. I've given up, obviously, watching CNN over breakfast. Like yeah. it's just Office. Yeah. Deleted scenes on YouTube. It's it's uh yeah it's it's a world that is a weird world. You know you don't know a lot of things that are going on necessarily. It's of your own making, and you talk to other humans, and and that's it. But uh, watching Beastie Boys documentary like we did uh, the other night, Beastie Boys story, Beastie Boys story. I mean, is the Beastie Boys documentary? Yes, and I say the. As, as a reflexive of documentary, <laughs> yeah. not the Beastie Boys, because they don't like being called the Beastie Boys. It is just Beastie Boys. It is just Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys story. Yeah. Just like Beastie Boys book. Mm-hmm. I had heard the audiobook before. Wonderful experience. Yeah. Honestly, it, it was it was like a podcast, but uh, it had all these different people taking you through the story that was not necessarily theirs. Will Ferrell and, and uh, LL Cool J. Chromeo. Chromeo. But that is a podcast. Yeah, essentially, it's it's and it's a great. I didn't mean to pronounce it like oh hello podcast a podcast. It's that was a great experience by itself. This mm-hmm. was a new experience for me. Shout out to Spike Jones. There's a lot of laughs in this. Obviously, uh, learned some new things. What did um, you learn? Well, I learned that the house that they stayed in when they moved to Los Angeles and uh, started recording again as a group. This is after their New York stint. This is after decamping from uh, Def Jam and Russell Simmons. Well, I mean, it's after selling 10 million copies of their album, the first album. After a lot of success in touring the world and and really becoming household names and the center of pop culture, uh, they decamp to Los Angeles. They move into this mansion and... There is, I forget who it was owned by, but some famous couple. And uh, there's one closet that they cannot go into. And of course, they break down the door and they find all this vintage clothing from the 70s that is just outrageous. You know, like giant hats. Platform shoes. Crazy jackets. And, suede. Yeah, like overalls. And it just, a lot of like uh, A lot looks. of looks, yeah. yeah. And uh, they, they took all of those clothes wore all of those clothes and did photo shoots and music videos in those clothes and uh so that that was pretty fun to see yeah um you well there's a lot that i didn't know it you, turns you out. had not listened to the but, audiobook but i loved or audiobook but whatever. i loved beastie boys growing up yes like loved them yeah. i um you, you should know, listen to the, the audio book the podcast the podcast podcast but i um there was just a lot of, there was like inner turmoil i didn't know there were drug problems i didn't know there were um, I didn't know the 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 Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons uh, side of things. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, it. I didn't know that even as 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 basic as um, they really like were headquartered three a uh, few blocks from where we were living originally. Yeah, yeah. So they grew up in the city, obviously, but uh, to to be on the Upper West Side and to uh, really start their band here is 
pretty great look for uh, the Upper for West us? Side. Yeah. yeah. We're, oh, we're killing it. Yeah. But yeah, the place where they uh, where they first were headquartered, that's a diner now. It is. I mean, a few stories above, but yeah. but yeah, it is. That is a diner, and it's it's pretty wild to see. It's pretty dope that uh, that they are from up here, and um, I think it's a a wonderful watch. Go check that out. It's on Apple TV Plus. Here's what we did. We got it, and now we're about to cancel it. Because there's nothing else on there. No. Who's your favorite Beastie Boy? Um, probably Yauk. Um, I have, uh, you know, positive feelings for all of them. But I think from a creative standpoint, it is pretty neat to, to be this mysterious force and to uh, learn things that uh, really transform the path of the band. Um, but also of hip-hop, in, like, in total. Oh, absolutely. Like, and- there, there were some things, like... The way that they made um, rhyming and stealing, yeah, oh yeah, it's 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 pretty. It transforms incredible. everything, like it, how they how they started sampling shit. Yeah, like it, it's there's a lot there. Um, they each added something specific to the group, so yeah. I think it's very even in that sense, and I admire. I didn't that. know half of what Yauk did. Well, like that that was nuts. Now you do. Now I do. My favorite has always been Ad Rock because of how funny he is. Very funny. And so um, Mike D is also very funny too. And I do like the way that they play off each other on yeah. stage at the King's Theater in this documentary. It's it's a fun watch. Uh, anybody who likes hip hop, anybody who loves hip hop, go check that out. It is on Apple TV Plus. So if you have like an Apple TV, like it's we not do, making an ad. I'm just saying. We're, okay, well, it's not an ad because we keep ad. telling people to cancel. I know. So so get that free trial week. Yeah. And then get a fake email. Who cares? (laughs) Live it Uh, up. Jeff, we have a really fun podcast today. Who is on it? We have Big Waz on the podcast. That's our guy from uh, episode number one of the original Quarantine Radio. Mm -hmm. Uh, We go back with Waz. He's uh, obviously, you know him from The Athletic. You know him from Count the Dings. You know him from uh, being a a, uh, media icon breaking news about the drake project that just dropped um you've seen his name everywhere he's back today to talk about what's gone on for the last 40 something days but also to let us know about that connection he has up to toronto i think this is his fifth appearance on our podcast it might be i mean he's a, he's he's well deserving of that one of the funniest guys that we know big was yes russ bankston yo another one of our favorites russ man uh he's been on, on the podcast had his own uh full episode of waste time that's the real we're talking sports we're talking politics he has a a great sense of humor it's always fun to get on the phone with uh with russ who is out there in long island long right island, now yeah and uh and we just we want to see how his life has been affected by this whole thing and how he's getting by day to day. And we have Jonathan Abrams on the podcast. Another one of our favorites. Uh, we have not had him on the podcast just yet. So this was fun to connect with him well, on this yeah, platform. But he's working on a book. Yes. Which we're not going to talk about right now. But right. like that's taking up a lot of his time. So that is. that is why he has not been on the podcast. Yes. Shout out to Jonathan Abrams. Uh, man, New York Times bestselling author. He's covered The Wire. He's covered The Lakers. He's covered national sports. Uh, you know, his work from Grantland as well. Uh, New York Times, LA Times. Yeah, just a fantastic writer. Fantastic guy. Yeah. Uh, we get into how he balances his family life with uh, this book that he's writing and and really where his mind's at. And we talk about Kobe a lot uh, on this, being that he's an LA guy. Uh, really, really fun episode. And we're going to start it off by calling out to Los Angeles. Well, before that, I should say, we are we, we're putting this episode out after we have done our aka battle yes and let me just say yep on our patreon we killed it yes patreon.com slash it's the reels where you can go now yeah and uh and i don't know read about the highlights well you can look forward to the next 
fun thing that we do. It's going to be based at patreon.com slash it's the real. That's for all of our true supporters. Uh, Contribute $2, $3, $5, $10 a month. If you really believe in this, like we believe in this, it's something to uh, move this whole thing forward. And we appreciate everybody who's been on board. And we appreciate everybody who sees what this is and wants to uh, help push it along. Yes. So now, Jeff. Yeah, now. Let's call out to Los Angeles and get on the phone with our friend, Big Waz. Hello? Wow! What up? Yo, what's up, guys? What's good? How are you? Do you just wake up? <laughs> I'm, on, <laughs> I'm I'm good. I, you know, I can't complain. I just feel like the energy wasn't being reciprocated, you know? like. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I, <laughs> I wasn't expecting... A crazy um, hello just now. Yeah, well, you, that's, you didn't you didn't want to respond with like a psychopathic sort of uh, <laughs> yell yell on your end with no, no context. No, <laughs> yeah, no, that just wasn't. Was you were on our first episode of uh, Quarantine Radio, the original yeah Quarantine Radio. I was, and um, it's been forty something days since then. How has your uh, mental been across this entire period of time, and uh, how has your life changed? Yeah. You know, I hate to be that person, but, like, I haven't taken it quite as hard as other people because I was already working from home. Yeah. Also, I think a lot of people, their significant others weren't working from home, and now they are during COVID, and that's an adjustment, but that wasn't an adjustment for me at all. Like, I'm used to being annoyed (laughs) every day. So I I, I feel like I had a leg up from a lot of the people um, when, when this thing started and you know, I'm maintaining, you know, I, I'm talking to family as often as possible out on the East coast and trying to find ways to be as, you know, just as active and as engaged with stuff as you possibly can in something like this, you know? Um, you said you're talking to family. Are you talking to your cousin Renaud? Well, yeah, I talk to him every day. I mean, two group chats with him, <laughs> you know, um, a New York group chat, well, actually, both are New York-based group chats. So I'm in two group chats with him. So I'm talking to him and corresponding with him every day. And then when we have our own individual things to talk about, you know, we get on the phone and stuff. So, yeah, I'm I'm always talking to that fool. <laughs> yeah. I just felt like Nod would be, like, more of, a, like, a recluse. Like, he wasn't just, like, talking. No, but, no, but he is being reclusive in the sense that, like, I, I talked to him today. I don't mind putting his business out there. Basically, <laughs> yesterday I talked to him. And he was explaining to us that he literally hadn't left his house since the Rudy Gobert news. Like, I'm like, what about groceries? And she's like, no, I've been on doing Amazon. Amazon, my boy. Wow. What's his response? Wow. So he's been holed up in his crib, loving it, by the way. (laughs) Um, Just the idea of not having to go into the office. He has a pretty long commute from where he works, where he lives. And he's like, not doing that every day being efficient with emails and calls and doing, you know, side stuff that he's inter- interested in. He's had, he's been freed up to do that kind of thing. So, you know, I think he's, I think he's like this quarantine thing in a very perverse way. But, uh, <laughs> you know, also, he would admit that he wants to be outside at, at some point here. But also like Dave hasn't left his house since this began either. Shout like, out to just Dave. And Dave like, yeah, which is nuts. Yeah. Yes. Because he's definitely a social butterfly. Yeah, he's an open but bar I think king. Part of it, part of, part of it though, guys, is you know when you have the realization that there are no options, it's not like you're sitting there like, damn, I could be such a no. Like you could be where my career. <laughs> 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 where could you possibly New Zealand? Go? Yeah. 
Yeah, like, where are you going that you can get any of this shit done? I think there's a resignation there with a lot of people where it's just like, look, man, this is this is what we got. Eventually, the thing will, you know, work itself out. So I think, but David Strait, I talk to him on a daily basis as well. Was um, another guy that you talk to on a regular basis is uh, the legend David Aldridge. You guys do a podcast together. Obviously, you yeah, both you, you both work together. Um, yes, how does it feel? When the whole world is watching on Sunday nights, the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, to see your guy, D.A., up on that screen? Well, it's, it's two things, right? One, every single time he pops up on the screen, my girl goes, that's David Aldridge! <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I know, like, first of all, like, she didn't even know David Aldridge. So. <laughs> we started working together professionally because she doesn't care about the NBA like that. Damn. Right? So every time she does it, she's hitting me like, wow, that's the again. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. And then the second part of it is like, because I've been doing this this podcast with DA for months now and I've gotten to know him way, way better, it's like one of the coolest things of my career thus far, for sure. Um, I realized that he's talking in his job interview voice <laughs> times on TV. So I'm just like, Whenever he's being really professional and using this broadcast voice, I, I get a little chuckle out of it because I think and people who haven't got a chance to check our podcast out, like if you love the NBA and, and you've been a fan for DA for a while, like you know from NBA 2K, from TNT, from ESPN, uh, what I think is unique about our podcast is that he's, he's using his DC nigga voice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, he's, he's in the real DA. So that's the coolest thing I think about our dynamic is that, like, you get to hear DA in a way that you don't generally hear. Um, you know, if, if there's, like, a, a good feeling whenever uh, David Aldridge gets on screen, what is the mood like in your apartment when Ahmad Rashad comes on screen? Lean man! Ahmad <laughs> Rashad! You know... Like, Amar Rashad, is, he's such a cultural artifact in that way. Like, you know, I'm sure you guys all remember Saturday mornings watching Inside Stuff. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah. Um, and, and we're of an age where we don't have a, a relationship with his football career. You know what I'm saying? With yeah. The guy with the professional fucking NFL player. Yeah, um, on the Vikings. And, of course, you know, married um, Felicia Rashad and all of these things. Like, yep. uh, it, it, it just harkens back to a time where, you know, stuff like health highlights and YouTube business where this was your main engine of NBA highlights, learning about other players, other teams, and how they were doing that season was a modern shot. So it's like, it's like a cultural artifact and a living one. You know, of a of a you know NBA consumership from a bygone era. Yeah, yeah, actually, why did Inside Stuff get canceled? Does anybody know? Um, probably once NBC lost the rights. To yeah. NBA, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it became this is no longer a vehicle for something which was, of course, the legendary NBA on NBC with Mars and Costas and Hannah Storm and the John and Tesh Walton theme song. Oh, yeah, you of never course. see Marv Albert and, anymore. Why is that? <laughs> well, he's going to play with his back. Waz, last time we checked in with you, uh, again, this is on the early end of things. Uh, you were still going and working out in the park. You were still getting outside a little bit. Uh, where are you at now with that? Um, still, I'm, I mean, I work out a little bit more in the crib. Like, I've, 
I've taken up mobility stretching, not quite a yogi yet. Mm. Because I like to run outside, you know, I've started doing these mobility stretches in the crib. I even paid for $75, $80 yoga mat. Wow. Too, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're What's not, happened to you? Yeah, Waz, you're not just like working on the carpet. You're actually doing like real shit. No, 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 no. I invested in this thing, right? <laughs> so I've been doing that. Wait, what's so great about a $70 uh, yoga mat? Um, It's about the grip and the materials <laughs> used are, you know, is environmentally healthy. I, oh I don't know. You, know, I'm, you do, I'm you do sound like a real yogi. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not right up on this tree hug and shit, but I, I'm <laughs> trying to do my part, yo. I'm trying to do my part. And so, yeah, it's about the grip and the materials used, and it's it's one of those things where allegedly, like, you won't have to buy a, a yoga mat forever once you have this thing. So, yeah, I got one of those, and I'm doing that, and I try to do cardio. I do do cardio outside, and I just run on the bike path. You know what I'm saying? Like, I live in a neighborhood where it's not, it's not like, you know, um... Uh, Fort Green, Brooklyn, with you know, <laughs> nice, nice white people riding their bike all day, every day. This is not that type of neighborhood. Uh, Talib Kweli is from Fort Green. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, <laughs> Fort Green and Clinton Hill, and Die, and all of those nice gentrified places and those bike lanes, man. Because you know that's the sign of gentrification is Starbucks. The same sign is the bike lane. Once you see a bike lane pop up on your block, you know. That time. That's right. <laughs> um, another thing, you know, it's funny. A, a lot of people know you for your sports stuff. A lot of people know that you're right. opinionated. Period. But when yes, when sir. you when the when the bat signal or rather the owl signal goes out, yo, okay. yo OVO Waz <laughs> is out yeah, there so. breaking news. Yeah, how did that happen? So, so <laughs> this is yo. This so crazy. I'm so happy you guys brought this up. It's actually funnier than anything, right? Like, we're all, we're all, everybody on this call right now has connections to people in the music industry, right? Yeah. On management side, on the label side, on the artist side. Like, yeah. literally all corners. We know people that are involved in the industry. Yeah. And, you know, all of the people, all of my friends who work in the music industry know that I'm the biggest Drake fan probably out there, right? Yeah, I mean, like you legitimately told him that you love him, and he yes, recoiled. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I, 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 you know, I scared the shit out of the guy. <laughs> and, and as I famously told on this podcast, that's right. Um, that I love the guy or whatever. So all of my friends who work in the game know that I'm a big Drake fan, right? Um, and I had heard, I want to say last week, that he was coming out with a project within the next two weeks. Like, he was dropping some type of mixtape or what I described as an album-like substance mm. <laughs> um, within the next two weeks, right? And so I already had that on the back burner. And then one of my friends um, hit me and was like, yo, it's happening today. That was like, I want to say around like 9.30, 10 a.m. Pacific, Pacific, Thursday. yeah. Yeah, 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 Pacific. And how I found out was, because there's a lot of artists on this thing, like Doug, Future, Fabio, Chris Brown, somebody affiliated with one of the artists that's on the project got the word like, yo, this thing's happening today. Mm. And so that, so what did I do? I ran to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, like how, how quick? I ran, to, I ran to Twitter and I, I dropped the news, right? <laughs> um, and then, of course, I got it independently confirmed from somebody else. 
This is and called this is like, called no. journalism yeah, wait, right wait, there. Wait, you yes, tweeted sir, it and yes, then you sir. got a confirmation? <laughs> yeah, and then I Yep, yep. Yo, do you remember? Do you remember in all the? In, do you remember in all the president's men when there was that big sort of like hubbub about like, wait, did the, did the person like stay on the line because they thought this was to confirm the scoop, or they stayed in the line right. because they couldn't hear all that stuff? That was this. Yeah, luckily for us, we're talking about a mixtape and not like the democracy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so we we might be able to take some liberties when it comes to the journalistic integrity of of news that i'm bringing but the best part guys is that it's like this is the power of the fucking stupid blue check like this shit started getting aggregated and i'm getting people like this tweet just sort of takes on a life of its own i'm getting tagged on instagram <laughs> like these music blogs and all of this shit and like people are arguing in my mentions like who is this random fucking dude that right <laughs> random athletic. What does he? What does he know? And then guys like, I mean, come on, he's a writer and he's an ass. He works in culture, you know, blah blah blah. So <laughs> it was, it was so cool, to, like, and hilarious, really, to be on the side of like, quote unquote, breaking news, well, right? And let's face it, like, Drake announced it formally like a few hours later, so it's not like I did anything significant. Like, if I would have had this a month ago, I guess, but like, it was literally like three hours. Um, Tom, between I told everybody it was happening and Drake announced it on his Instagram page. Well, I mean, like, similarly, when we uh, broke the news that the Jay-Z and Jay Electronica thing was happening, that was yes. all of these people, first of all, you were the first retweet, so I, I very much appreciate that. Um, there were all these people who were just like, fucking liars. <laughs> I know, yeah. The, like, Jay, right. I, I'll right. see when I believe it. I've been waiting for this for 10 years. This it's is definitely not happening. Happen. Yeah. And so all we did was just, like, just sit there and it's just like, all right, you know, <laughs> all these people are arguing in our mentions. Yeah, I mean, and, but that was the best part about it. Like, the best part was all the quote tweets that just said, cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, that was my favorite part, sort of the chat. I'm like, if this really happened, are you shitting me? Oh, my God, I'm going to kill you if this doesn't happen. <laughs> all of those crazy comments, it was, it was fantastic. And honestly, man, like, these people that work in social media, man, that shit is so addictive. They know exactly what they're doing. I kept, I kept logging into my Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no like, question. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I'm checking my Twitter statistics and all of that. Shit. I'm looking <laughs> at the analytics. I'm like, look at the impressions. Like it was. Was incredible. How much thought did you put into what you would actually say in the tweet ahead of time? None. It was stream of conscience. I literally. I want to say freaking, I want to say three and a half minutes passed between send on the tweet and when I got the information where it was like, because again, the person who told me had told me last week that this thing is going to happen within the next two weeks from yeah. what we understand. And so he was like, it's happening today. <laughs> it was not like it was the first time. So like, that was all I needed. It was like, it's happening. It's going to happen soon. It's happening today. And it's I, like that tweet is incoherent. <laughs> I know. Like, I was just like, yo, everybody's mouth up. I don't even know what I said. I just put a bunch of owls. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yo, I was like, I was like, the owl has to be in Waz's like top four or five emojis used, right? <laughs> Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, Yuck. Was, uh, when the Tusi slide came out, I got to be honest, I was like, eh, whatever. And in the corresponding mm -hmm. probably like three or four days. And then since then, I've been like, yo, this shit is super fire. I swear to God. Like, I don't do the dance at home, but I listen to it Don't pretty much that. on loop. 
Have you had the same experience? So my experience is it's similar to that in the sense that like once he did the he he did the leak to the actual Tusi King. Yes. Right? Yeah. His little crew or whatever. And it was like, all right, so this is it's a it's contrived, right? Like this isn't some moment of artistic inspiration or whatever. He's like, I'm gonna make a song for the TikTok crowd. Yeah. And people like us, we come to music for something organic, something natural, something, you know, visceral. Yeah. Like that's what we're going to music for a lot of times. But this was the opposite of that. So I think that was working on my brain. Like this is kind of contrived and I'm not on TikTok. I don't, I would never record myself doing the <laughs> freaking Meg Thee Stallion Savage <laughs> Like, so like, I'm not, I, this is not for me, right? But then slowly but surely I start listening to it and then you're like, yeah, it's got a dance, but it's really talking about the mother shit. And like, and then you're like, all right, this melody's pretty cool. And then you start to really like the beat and then you're like, with that's the genius genius of this guy like like it's it's no matter what he does it's constantly working on you yeah and it's not like we're outside right sort of and we actually happen to be together and i think we talked about this when back to back came out yeah yep. party yeah and we're hearing it with people for the first time like oh, shit, this is actually a thing. Yeah. And, like, we have this realization by being out in the world and experiencing the song. With, like, with this, we're not even doing that. I'm, I'm certainly not. I'm on TikTok. The only time I listen to the song is literally by my fucking self. And, my <laughs> and, like, still, this shit is working on me somehow. Like, I just don't want to be set for that. Absolutely. Wait, have you uploaded anything to TikTok? Hell no. I don't even have an account. I just see that shit on my Instagram and Twitter. I'm not doing it, guys. I'm 33. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> certain things is just not going to happen for me. Jeff signed up for TikTok a couple weeks ago, and I can just hear him, whether I'm in the same room or, like, rooms away, <laughs> I hear him chuckling, and I I know that it's something off TikTok. It's so funny. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Like, the, the lanes that people go... And every single caption is like, I worked for six hours on this thing. Please don't let it fail. <laughs> Please don't let it fail. <laughs> well, you gotta like the forthrightness of just being like, you know, upfront about the desperation. Yeah, <laughs> but it's almost like a meme. Like it's not even, I don't even know how long people actually spend on this stuff. Although some of it is just like, sure, you painted yourself up to look like, um, you know, like uh, uh, Marge Simpson. <laughs> And then, like, you have to do this dumb video, and then hopefully somebody watches it. It, it I love every moment of it. Yeah, I'm still holding out. My girl has a TikTok, and she did some shit to me the other day, and really just got on my nerves. <laughs> wait, wait. so you are on TikTok? Wait, what? Challenge. What was the thing that happened? Oh no, my, gr my girl is on this. You saw the crack back challenge or something where uh, you drop yep. in your mouth, get somebody to crack your back, and then you chew on it. And it's supposed to, it was, I was so pissed off about this. <laughs> and, and, and here's the reason. It's like, you know, when I'm not working and I'm chilling on the couch, like, I'm, I'm kind of just doing me, right? I'm doing my own thing. My girl is like, all day, like, you need to, yeah, I need my back cracked. My back, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Like, do you really need this, this back? So I get up, stop what I'm doing. And then, and then I do this whole thing and then she starts laughing. I'm just like, <laughs> this is not funny. You got like, set up. This is, the, this is the thing, though, guys. It's like my girl is constantly asking me to do stuff, right? And, like, I'm supposed to be, like, 
in order not to have burnout, I'm trying to gauge what's the shit that I really need to do for this person. <laughs> and the stuff that I can just be like, all right, that's not that important. So when I'm doing all these calculations and you throw a monkey wrench of <laughs> a hoax in there, that's unfair, guys. It's not right. Yo, if you end up in some sort of like compilation of funny videos that like Jimmy Kimmel talks about on his program, that's it. You're over. It's done. Oh, man, I'm out of here. I might have to change my number. <laughs> the price tag went up. <laughs> um, was, Wait, we still haven't talked about Bon Appetit. Yo, listen. Waz, oh, yeah. Waz loves the Bon Appetit YouTube channel just like we love it, just like David Cho loves yeah. it, just like millions and millions of people love it. Let's go yeah. through the top three personalities on there. Waz, you go first from favorite to second to third. Man, this this list is constantly shifting. Yours never shifts. <laughs> like, Yours I, is always I number one, Carla. Well, no, Carla is because, again, she's like a mom figure for me. Like, she reminds me of all of my aunts that, that basically raised me. My mom has five sisters, and these women all raised me. And Carla reminds me of all these women. So she's a mainstay in the top three. Absolutely. But people are constantly coming in and out of it. Like, obviously, Claire Hive is crazy. I feel like he has the most rabid hive of everybody yeah. that even participates in Bone Appetit. And obviously, she's coming in and out. But I have my Brad moments. Oh. Like, he reminds me of all the white boys I went to high school. <laughs> right? Like... He literally does like his accent, like his his mannerisms, all of it. He reminds me of the bros that I went to high school with. Of course, Molly, who you know, I'm not gonna lie, I had these misconceptions about her. I thought yep. she was this dainty little blonde white chick. Nah, she's but it killing turns it. Out, like, she's, she's married to a Jew. Really cool. And then she wore some Air Max 97s the Ooh. other day, and I was like, God damn! I, we texted about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, we did. She's a woman after my heart, so I have my Molly moments. Love Andy, like, cause he's like sneak. Well, not even sneakily. He's like a really snarky, <laughs> chatty dude, and it's kind of hilarious. Like, it's really hilarious how like snarky. <laughs> so, like, I always, I always enjoy Andy. I mean, I have my Chris moments. I'm not gonna front Rick. Yeah, Rick is the worst. Nah, I could do without Rick right now. I could do without Rick. The kind of miss me. The um, the 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 Alex Delaney the out. Andy and Shorty not solo. Oh, I, like, oh. I fuck with Sola. I like uh, I like Christina. Okay, I like Sola. I'm not really crazy about um, the slim Indian shorty. Yeah, oh, uh, the um, lady. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the, a the, here's a sneaky one that Waz really, really, really likes. Gabby. Gabby. I like Gabby. Makes me laugh yeah. every time she's on screen. Though, like her her comedy is what I'm what I'm there for. I'm not gonna say I've actually tried any of the shit she's actually No, of course. No, 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 no. Personality-wise, I rock with her. But yeah, Delaney, the homie that lives in upstate New York that has a funny pronounced name. Yeah. Um, Not for me. No. Not for me. Oh, Emil. I'm going to say... Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm going to say my top three right now. Mm -hmm. I, lo I love Brad. I, I think that, you know, the pickling, I think that, like... Also, by the love way, you. getting getting a, a glance at what they're like at home mm -hmm. with their families, yeah. I fucking love that. Love I think you. it's great. Yeah. So, Brad, the way that he mixes up with his kids, his wife, what he hears in the background, also, like, his interaction with the team on the other side of the computer, great. Yep. Love Brad. I love Carla. I like seeing her home, too. She got Me kids too. who are sort of, like, teenagers, right? So, they're yeah. a little, like... Yep. They're a little off it. Yeah. One's one's a little camera shy. The other's, like, right up in there. I love that. I'm, I'm with Carla. And 
I love Claire, but I'm not super into Claire at home. I'm going to be honest. Mm. Yeah, she I, she's not in her element at the crib at all. You're no, right. no, because she can't make all these complicated like candies. I am fucking with Molly like all the way. So that's that's my top three yeah. right now. Brad, Carla, Molly. Jeff? Ooh. Um... I mean, Brad's are making yeah, great content at home. Top three right now, too, guys. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think, I mean, but that's, that's you know, I don't want to judge people off what they're doing at home. I also think that Chris is great. I do like Chris. Chris has grown on me. I, you know what? I, 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 I Initially, Here, I was a little skeptical. He's like the guy with the magic nose, right? He can like. But that's what's right. crazy. Like, I think it's his pretty. His skill pretty level, everybody admires. Yeah. And so that's why I fuck with Chris. Um, but yeah, I would say Brad, Chris, and... Um, I still fuck with Claire, you know? Yeah, why not? Yeah. She's, she's a legend. Yeah. She's a and legend. she she lives near us. We go to the same Whole Foods. That's that's pretty great, too. But Was, we haven't stopped wait, by. She, 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 she lives in you guys' neighborhood? Yeah, yeah. Upper West Side. But we, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we talked about that. I'm not enough of a psychopath to, like, go find her. <laughs> I just know that right, she right, right. lives, a, like, near our Whole Foods. Was, do you have any celebrities that live in your neighborhood right now? Yes, just one, and you guys are going to absolutely love this. Um, Queens is own Fredro Star. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. yeah he Yo, do you up the block? Do you walk around playing Onyx, just hoping that he's gonna like find his way outside the house and be like, "Yo, no, Shadyville." Because, because no, because Fredro Star has this like, you know, the two type of black strangers that you <laughs> meet on the streets or in public. There's the head nod black stranger and the looks at you really suspiciously black stranger. Yeah. And he's in not in the head, not black category. So I would never uh, <laughs> actually acknowledge it. And By the way, plus, you know like, who I'm who the age where he knows I know who the fuck he is. Yeah, absolutely, like, he knows for a fact that I'm not young enough to not know who he is. Yo. By the way, you know who like, like yeah, okay. you know what nailed that sort of dynamic of like the head nod versus like the eye roll, the yeah. office. Oh yeah. Stanley was always like very skeptical of any other black guy that came in the the office. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that's yes, exactly. That and he he drives a white BMW 7 series. So he has a nice car, not like a Rolls Royce or anything, but a nice car. Like, nothing to, nothing to know, laugh at. Are we talking yeah. about Fredo or are we talking about Stanley? At, nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> nothing to sneeze at. But yeah, I've seen him at Ralph's, which is our grocery store over here. Yeah. I've seen him parked right on the corner of where his block is or whatever cuz like there's a bunch of townhouses right where I stay at and um, I've seen him over there, but yeah, Fraser Star I've seen in the neighborhood just walking around, me walking around, him and his white BMW. Um, yeah, now's not the time when you can like go over and dap someone up, obviously, but from no. six feet apart, yeah. I would I would love yeah. Waz either, you know, for you to give the head nod. Yeah, or start rapping the second verse of, <laughs> of Slam. Next time I see him, I, I, I would try to, to do the acknowledgement thing if it's not too awkward, but I asked. Jeff, though, if you were to see Claire in Whole Foods, would you run up on her and be like, "Hey, what's up? I'm a big fan, and I'm I'm in the content business too"? Or would you? Be oh no, sort of. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, like, like <laughs> it was part of me where I was like trying to hear you out, and then like as soon as you were like, "I'm in the content business," I was like, "Ugh, like, ugh. <laughs> hey, like I have a podcast, and like you know, it would be great if you like <laughs> called in." No, like there, there's. So much embarrassing about any of that. I uh, <laughs> I am totally off that. No, I I think that like if you if you if you are around somebody in like a setting that makes sense, 
not like me approaching people at the grocery store <laughs> when they're just trying to like pick up like shallots right <laughs> from behind a mask yeah, yeah yeah doesn't work well listen Waz. well actually Waz came up to us and he was just like yo follow me <laughs> I so right. i guess you know Waz isn't that's really right. the best judge of how <laughs> to approach people though, in the streets though it's, it's tough especially like just in a neighborhood like mine it's like it's not one of those, oh, hey, neighbor, type of thing. It's really totally not a vibe here. So, like, even then I would feel, you know. And, again, like, with you guys, we had mutual acquaintances. Yeah, we so, did. Yeah. You know, I could I could go in and be like, drop 20 different names on you, motherfucker. <laughs> no, but instead you just said, her. follow me. <laughs> Waz, we love you. Take care of yourself. Uh, we'll be checking in soon, all right? Love you guys. Thanks for having me on. Keep going strong. I, I really, truly admire what you guys are doing with the content shit. Cause like the the dedication it takes to be hounding people, getting people on the phone, like yo, talk to me for thirty forty minutes, like and getting prominent people, people who are engaging and making like dope content for your fans and shit. Like I don't like the average person has no idea what it takes to get some of these people on the freaking phone. Dude. Man, like yeah, so we keep I, running I, up I to them and just saying, I'm in the content business. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, listen, man, you gotta get them where you fit in, Jeff. <laughs> Wise, you're the greatest. Take care of yourself. Thanks, man. Later, fellas. And now, Jeff, let's get on the phone with our friend in Long Island, Russ Bankson. Yellow. Russ! What up? What's going on, guys? What's happening? How are you? Not bad. Not bad. All things considered, you're you're getting through day by day, moment by moment? Uh, I, yeah, that's, that's fairly accurate. I mean, look, April, <laughs> Wait, a, April, why April does it feel like somehow? Russ is like looking around like real suspicious? Yeah. yeah everything is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny. A lot of people said it and it's true. Like March felt like it lasted about 12 years and April felt like it lasted about 12 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Russ, if we can go real quick, who at, at this point in uh, in April, who is the most hated person in the whole Trump administration right now? Oh wow! I mean, it's still got to be Trump. Himself, <laughs> yeah, right? like, he always I mean, wins. <laughs> come on, he's like, number one. I don't even know if anyone's. I'm not even sure if anyone's close. <laughs> Jared is getting up there for me. I hate him Jared? so fucking much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharon, shadow president. That's Jared right. Kirshner. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also feel, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I love the fact that we're going to, apparently everyone wants to talk about her scarves, but I feel <laughs> a little betrayed by Deborah Burke. Oh my God, yeah. have chosen Trump over science. So, yeah, um, yeah she, she's not really high on my list right now either. Um, I sort of forgot that a bunch of people were even in the administration anymore. Yo, here's one. Here's one for you. Mm -hmm. Remember Rudy Giuliani? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, is he is he like is he stuck in the Ukraine? Like, I think he, he is. There or, <laughs> he's with you know, the Fox News studio. Exactly. He's with the documentary team. They're they're digging up great information right now yeah. on, the, on the Biden kid. You know. <laughs> I think they figured it out. <laughs> uh, Russ, are you able to escape the the news cycle? Do you get out? Do you sort of like turn everything off and and go into a corner and close your eyes or something? How does this work? I try to, but man, I'll tell you, it's been hard. Like, honestly, the only thing keeping me like out of the news cycle for gaps is the last dance. Yeah. Like, oh, so that, wait, that's once like, a week? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, um, 
me and my friend Alex, we're doing a podcast for it. Yes. So we're watching it like literally three times a week. So, I mean, you figure two episodes, two hours, three times a week. So that's six hours. That's I mean, that's good. not bad. Yeah. That's a little bit of, that's a little bit of escape time. Um, who is your favorite member of the Bulls that like doesn't get enough credit? Probably Craig Hodges. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I don't I don't even know who that is. <laughs> who I don't is think that? They've talked about him at all yet. And it's like, you know, he was kind of a one of the key pieces of that first three P team. So I don't know. It's it's been interesting because like, you know, you know that Jordan obviously has a lot of creative control over this whole thing so it's like hmm who's he mentioning who is getting mentioned and who's not getting mentioned like <laughs> yeah i saw that ken burns was not into the documentary really yeah ken burns was like this is not journalism uh the jordan people are involved oh whatever calm down ken My burns thing was like yo like ken like you did documentaries on like 1800s baseball and the Civil War. Like a lot of those people were dead by then. So yeah, Lincoln wasn't involved. I'm thinking his documentaries might have been a little different if like Robert E. Lee was still alive. Yeah, saying like, don't talk to this guy. Um, is there a, a moment that you love uh, more than any other? And is it so far in the documentary? And is it uh, Horace Grant calling the Detroit Pistons bitches? So, I mean, that was definitely incredible and probably my favorite moment of, like, current day stuff. Also, just seeing Horace Grant pop up on screen and being like, whoa, that's Horace Grant now. Because <laughs> um, I feel like we haven't seen him in forever. Yeah. Um, but honestly, and, like, I've loved, like, all the season montages mm. set to, uh, you know, they did what? It was, like, Eric B. and Arkham in the first one. And yeah. LL. And, you know, I, I hope someone more enterprising and more computer savvy than me cuts those all into like one extended highlight reel. Um, Cause that would be an amazing, like, I don't know when it's all done, you know, 10, 12 minutes of straight Jordan highlights set to hip hop. Like, yeah. The, um, yeah. But yeah. What, isn't it, it weird that like going. Jordan did not like hip hop? I think, I mean, he was, he was famously an Anita Baker fan. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, didn't I, know who Rakim was. He got into. Yeah, I I think that it's uh it's nice for all of us who love both things to enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, it's also been really cool to watch Jordan in HD, which is sort of a first. Um, have mm. you have you uh so you've watched live every Sunday night, and then you watch it two times again throughout the week. Have you found anything in those second and third viewings that really like opened your eyes? Um, well, actually, the the way it works is because we got screeners, so we're recording the pods, like, before it airs, so I'll watch the episodes twice before they air, and then the actual airing ends up being the third one. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going to probably watch the entire run again once, it, once it's all out and just watch it all, like, straight through. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if anything really pops up that... I wouldn't have noticed. Um, you know, it, it, it's just like right now I feel like they sold us on, this is going to be this behind the scenes look at the 97, 98 series. And instead we're getting kind of a entire Jordan biography. Um, you know, 80% of it, it seems like is doing backstory, which is fine. 
but it's not really what I expected going in. Um, I have greatly enjoyed like the Dennis Rodman college highlights, the <laughs> yeah. Scotty Pippen college highlights. Like Absolutely. those were great. Yeah, because I don't remember having seen a lot of that stuff. Jordan, like I feel like, I don't know. That's just been mined so much. There's not a lot that's like brand new. Is uh, the portrayal of Phil Jackson so far? more or less what you expected and did you understand that maybe he was a bit of a backstabber in taking uh doug collins job (laughs) i mean look he that's the weird thing about it is like with phil i don't know how he could be surprised by jerry Krause like maneuvering (laughs) to get rid of him when the entire way he got the job was jerry Krause maneuvering to get rid of somebody else like (laughs) I, I don't know. Yeah, once like, a cheater, always a cheater, you know? <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know, Phil Phil was always like kind of an open book anyway. I mean, he obviously wrote books about a lot of these seasons. So yeah. um, there was one point, I forget what he was talking about, but, you know, the stuff was almost like verbatim that he wrote about in Sacred Hoops anyway. So it's like, there's not a lot you're going to get from Phil that's brand new. The thing I think is weird a little bit is when he went into a lot of that native american stuff yeah i feel like back when he was actually coaching we heard that and it was like ooh, mystical like he's taking all these things from culture and turning them into basketball and now you hear it and it's like it's a little it's a little cringeworthy in spots yeah shout out shout out to jeff van gundy who coined big chief triangle you know (laughs) yes Yes, this this documentary could definitely use some jeff van gundy in it (laughs) Um, Russ, uh, have you been reading anything? Have you been able to sort of escape uh, in in that way? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I'm still so I'm working on this book still, and 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 having trouble sometimes focusing on like actually sitting and getting work done instead of you know just refreshing the the horror machine that is Twitter yeah. and finding out what's happening. Um, so is I mean, it I like re- is it like when when musicians are making a new album they don't want to listen to other music on the radio for fear that it would like uh, sort of get in their head and and affect it in some way? You know, I think I've kind of been the opposite of that and probably have that exact problem. Um, you know, I'm trying to reread a lot of older basketball stuff just to uh, you know not only see what I can find in there that maybe you know gets lost, but also. Uh, yeah, find out what has been written before. I, I reread like Spike Lee's book, um, that best seat in the house, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I reread Breaks of the Game because I feel like anyone about basketball needs to read that. Um, and, and then just like such random like biographies and autobiographies, outrageous. Charles Barkley's first autobiography, which I don't remember if that's the one he claimed to have been misquoted in or if it was <laughs> yeah. a later one. Um, or one of my favorites is Wilt Chamberlain's, which the subtitle is just like any other seven foot black millionaire who lives next door. <laughs> um, it came out in like the early seventies and you know, same thing. It's just a, it's just a interesting perspective getting Wilt's perspective on himself. Do you, um, uh, do you ever see the chatter on Twitter where people are like, well, did Wilt's 100-point game really happen because it wasn't actually like filmed or, or the film has disappeared or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I have seen a little bit of that. That seems like 
the same, it's probably the same people who question whether the moon landing actually happened. Yeah, or uh, what, or or how this uh, this virus exactly you know developed in the first place. Those same people. Maybe people were just asking the right questions, okay? <laughs> and none of these questions have been answered. Better than mainstream media. Thing, the, the will thing is weird because like that season he averaged fifty points a game and he scored seventy a couple times. So. You know, I don't think it's that much of a stretch. Where's the proof? <laughs> you know, uh, unless unless you're going so far to question whether Wilt actually ever existed, which <laughs> well, would be really now we're talking. Yeah, okay, here we like, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's like let's That's really the thing. Dig- like if you're gonna go conspiracy theory, go all the way. <laughs> I've never seen him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Russ, yeah. you are. You are staying out in the suburbs. What is it like on a on a daily basis where you are right now? Yeah, how's the line at Trader Joe's? <laughs> Actually, I haven't been to Traders in a minute. I went to the, the last Traders? Shop was- <laughs> Wait, how are you on like first name basis with Trader Joe's? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the more horrifying thing would be if you just called it Joe's. <laughs> Joe, yeah, yeah, me and Joe back. Um, you know, like it, it's not too bad. You see a lot of people out walking or out riding bikes or whatever, and like. You definitely have the moments where you're like, wait a minute, is that an actual nuclear family or are they actually like <laughs> getting together? Um, there are a lot of those drive-by birthday celebrations. Oh, my God. Um, oh, so actually, a lot of like, honking. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom actually just went to take part in one right now for someone who's turning 90. Wow. Um, this is her, my mom's first time driving anywhere since this started, so since like the middle of March. Wow. She barely left the house. Um, I'm kind of the, the personal shopper. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Um, Do you find that people are, yeah, are, I, are you know, uh, living their lives according to social distancing rules right now? I think they're following it for the most part. You know, it's you still see people like in the supermarket who maybe aren't taking quite as much care as they should or like obviously people going into like 7-Eleven, which is, which is a strange thing. I feel like people going to the supermarket have the feeling that, like, okay, I'm doing something. I should wear a mask and wear gloves and whatever else. And I feel like they still think when they go to 7-Eleven, it's like, oh, I'm just jumping out of the car to get something. Right, yeah. So I don't have to worry about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that stuff is still a bit concerning sometimes. The the funny thing with the, the drive-by birthdays, there was one the neighbors across the street, and I won't snitch, snitch them out too bad because I don't know their names anyway. <laughs> no, just, just but, tell us uh, their address. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take a photo later. <laughs> but uh, they set something up for, like, their daughter who was six or something like that, and, like, all these cars drive by, which is fine. But then, like, a bunch of them park in front of the house, and they get out, and they're talking. And they're kind of sort of maintaining distance, but not so much. And it's like, you guys are defeating the entire exactly purpose of right. the drive-by birthday. Nuts. Um, Do you fear what it's going to be like as as the weather gets warmer, like it sort of is today? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like we we've driven out the one place my mom did go. I've driven her out to the beach a couple times. Mm. It's not super far. And uh, the second time we went, there was a huge line of cars waiting to get in. And then there's people like with chairs set up in the parking lot of the beach, and and people on the beach, and it's like. You know, you see the shots and stuff from California yeah. and from uh, Florida, Florida yeah. where it's gotten completely crazy. And I'm like, you know what? Like, the only reason they're not doing that here is because it's not warm enough yet. I mean, this was like literally the first sunny sort of 
nice spring day and people are already flocking to the beach. So, um, you know, I think that's going to happen. That That's the problem to me with things opening is like, you can't trust people to do the right thing. The people who are going to go to the beach or to the mall first are the same ones who probably aren't terribly worried about like masking up or whatever yeah. else. So, you know, I, it's funny, like I'll drive past the mall here and think like, I can't imagine going to this place for another couple of years yet. Yeah, yeah. honestly. I, my favorite conspiracy theory is that the virus can't exist outside of like 80 degree weather or whatever. Oh my God. And it's like, <laughs> but your body is warmer than 80 degrees. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, said spoken by people who've never gotten a cold during the summer. Do you, you know, like, do on, you, guys. Well, no, that's global warming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Russ, what do you think of the protests that are happening at, you know, various state capitals? Yeah, how many have you participated in? <laughs> what does your sign say? <laughs> no, people, I mean, people are insane. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I don't know if they feel like just these, these rules are being arbitrarily set to keep them from going outside. You know, I guess it's hard to notice when 60,000 people have died of something. Like, yeah. you think at some point you take it seriously. I don't know if it has to hit. Do a million people have to die before you're like, oh, yeah, they're actually doing this for my own good. Um, it's really it's it's so troubling. And and then, well, the worst part is that the Trump administration just keeps saying how good of a job they're doing and they keep putting the goalposts further back. So now <laughs> right. like, 60,000 people have died so far. And then it's like, oh, no, but we, we want to be under 100,000. Yeah, it could have been a million. Could have been, been 2.2 million. Right. Yeah. It been two million if we did nothing. So anything better than that is good, which is which is I mean, from a from a purely academic, you know, theoretical standpoint, I, I kind of almost admire that where it's like, wow, you're really setting the baseline at if I did nothing, this would have happened. So anything is better than that. Sure, oh, you I get it. So. Yeah. <laughs> like cosmically, you know, 60,000 people right, is not right, as big right. as 2 million. Sure. You know, it's like, it's like if you turn in a paper that's really terrible and you get a bad grade on it say to the professor like well it would have been a lot worse if i didn't do it at all so i don't yeah. see why this is bad it would have been a lot um, worse if will chamberlain never existed you know <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah so that that stuff is kind of crazy i don't know i mean i'm definitely keeping the trips outside to a minimum and grocery store like you know fill a cart every time i go instead of and i was one of those people who like would wake up and be like oh what do i want to eat today and Let's just go shopping for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, yeah. In, in, in our apartment, like, we've gone to, like, a whiteboard, and we actually have, like, the days listed out and the different meals, and it's like, who are we even? Yeah, we've, we've become, like, <laughs> incredibly regimented in a way where we never were at all. Like, we, we would – every single day was different, and now it's like, oh, no, every day is the same. There's a structure to my life that I've never had. And the weirdest part of this structure – is that we go food shopping at midnight. And that's not even any exaggeration. We go to our 24-hour grocery store when there's no people there. I was going to say, is it less crowded or did a lot of people also have that idea so it ends up being more crowded? No. no like and nobody in fact, we are, yeah. we are very smart. We're like third eye open smart. <laughs> Yesterday, we ran out of paper towels and 
boy, did we need some just to clean up stuff. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know what? I'll mask up. I'll, I'll be safe and I'll go out during the day. And I went a couple blocks and there were so many people just moving around. I was like, I can't even, I can't even like try this. In, in New York City. I know. Russ, and, and in <laughs> New York City, there were all these people here. <laughs> and like, then. You never would expect it. Not here. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, you go at, at off hours and it's totally fine. And a lot, lots of paper towels right. there, by the way. So Yeah. Very nice. Very, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I usually take a walk every day and it's like. You know, the Ace Hardware parking lot seems to be full every single day. And I'm just like, I have no idea what people are going there for. Oh, I know I exactly what they're going there for. There. I've been, I joined TikTok like two weeks ago. Everybody's doing home projects. Really? Yeah. People love fucking I, I home projects. I guess that's not a surprise. Yeah. Like, well, I, I'm surprised that they would put it on TikTok. I thought it was just for dances. <laughs> yeah. TikTok is the most fascinating, but also least fascinating place I've ever experienced anything. Like, it's just like the dumbest and you end up watching for like six hours straight (laughs) well you know besides the last dance i suppose you can watch these you know tiktoks tiktoks for tiktok dances a minute at a time yeah you know russ for six hours that's exactly right russ we love you take care of you and yours uh be safe out there russ before you go how is your beard uh it's all right i actually trimmed it at one point because i was like i don't want to i don't want to let it get to like you know the the Unabomber. The Tom Hanks in the first <laughs> yeah. half, second half of Castaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, can I suggest that you do grow it out? I mean, you know, from this point, I can, I suppose, for a while. We'll see where it goes, but uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, some things go back to quasi normal at some point. Although, same thing. Like, I don't see myself sitting down in a barber's chair for a while yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll listen, Russ, uh, we appreciate you. We look forward to a whole bunch of things out of this uh, this quarantine, including uh, your book, including yeah. wh- what your beard looks like, uh, and <laughs> definitely including whatever Rudy Giuliani is digging up in this uh, time oh of silence. <laughs> Russ, take yeah, care of yourself. I hope I didn't do anything in the Ukraine that I forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be checking in, all right? Yeah, you guys be safe too, and uh, you know, keep up the midnight shopping trips if that's what's working. That is absolutely and, uh, working. <laughs> You know, say hi to New York for me. And now, Jeff, let's call down to North Carolina and get on the phone with our friend, Jonathan Abrams. Yo, what's up, man? Jonathan! What up? <laughs> How hey, are you? Doing? Good. Good. Um, Jonathan, I've always been interested in this. When you heard, uh, starting back in like 2016, Donald Trump start to call real news and real journalists fake news and have that continue for the next four years how did you take that having been a real journalist worked for you know totemic papers and and know that this work is actually for real yeah i mean it's it's tough right i think there's always going to be people out there who are going to want to believe what they want to believe and they're going to tend to follow the news that's going to tip to what they believe in so if you're a conservative and you have a conservative president you're going to tend to be following what he says instead of uh listening to more democratic or more i would say real news (laughs) yeah instead of news like i you know like 
like Michael Schmidt, who just won a Pulitzer, yes. I think two Pulitzers last year for, for his work at the New York Times. He was in sports when I was at the New York Times, mm-hmm. and he was busting a lot of the the steroid stories in baseball at the time. And, you know, he's a close friend, and you know, like, the depths that he goes to to try and do the work that he does. And a lot of, a lot of times people are putting themselves at risk just to be able to report these deeply uh, journalistic stories. So, I mean, it's it's tough. Yeah. Um, how are you doing these days uh, creatively? Because we know that you're working on a book. You have been working on a book before this pandemic. Now it's here and it's a totally different mindset, I would I would think. Well, also, I mean, like, because of everything happening outside, you also have your kids inside. And so, like, what is your work uh, parenting balance right now? Yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been difficult. It's been challenging. Uh I'm I'm very good at Legos now. That's <laughs> when I was a kid, but my six year old is so deeply into them. So there'll be times when there'll be times when I'm just like like oh man, I gotta get ready for this interview over the phone. My son will wanna do Legos and <laughs> five hours later, you know, we, we have this amazing uh Lego robot done, but I'm I'm way behind with work. And then my wife also works full time, so we're you know, a lot of times it's trying to figure out just just how to get through that day and then once everybody's asleep i'm able to actually get some get some work done but it's it's been fun like i I told my wife like you know just being with our sons we have a two-year-old and a six-year-old and and seeing you know real developmental steps uh firsthand instead of you know them being a daycare or school it's been tough and it's i mean it's been nice and it's something that we're trying to appreciate yeah do you think that they have, or at least the six-year-old, has a sense of what's going on in the greater world? A little bit. Like, he, he knows he can't you know, go to the playground right now or, or go see his friends. And you know, they, he's in kindergarten, so he doesn't, he doesn't have that deep of relationships with people yet. I, yeah. I think it would be more difficult if he, was, if he was a little bit older and more... I guess had had better bonds. We live next door to a girl who's a high school senior, and I see her walking around the neighborhood, and I feel bad for her. Her, oh, her shoulders are kind of slummed, and she's missing out on all that good stuff that people typically look forward to at this point in their lives. And especially this time of year too, when you're getting into like the end of senior year, your yeah. prom, looking forward to like traditional like you know college shopping, you know going to college, starting your freshman year. That's that is a really tough time. Yeah, is your son ready to go to any of the state houses to go protest? Like, what? <laughs> what is he? <laughs> uh, if he could protest opening Chuck E. Cheese, I'm sure he would. <laughs> um, how have you chosen to uh, escape, as it were, like within your own house? Is there a place that you go to? Is there a book that you can dive into? A movie that you can watch? How do you spend your time away from? The bigger picture. I mean, I'm I'm big on mental health, so I, you know, before all this, I meditated daily. I do yoga. That I find that stuff really helps. Uh, reading wise, I just finished uh, Iceberg Slim's first book. Yeah, I finally got to read that, and I'm glad I did. That guy is such an amazing writer. Yeah, and that was a that was a fun book to kind of disappear uh, disappear into. Um, Can I ask you how you do Ozark. yoga? Yeah, yeah, I do. Look, I'm. I'm mid thirties and I you know, I play basketball three times a week before the pandemic and I want to try to keep it going as long as I can. That's my that that's something I miss a lot is being able to get out there and play basketball. Yeah. And uh, so when I do get back out there, man, I want to 
you want to be limber and not like you know tear anything yeah. but like where where are you <laughs> my knee first time you blew out your knee no i don't want to blow oh yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. First time. <laughs> like, that would be great um where where are you like coaching yourself through yoga like are you are you watching youtube are you yeah there's like a youtube series that i do or there's a p90x yoga video um that's real good yeah, we've uh, we've fallen in line with uh, a woman named Adrian from Austin, Texas, who seems to be very popular oh, on YouTube. Yo, yo, I've been doing Adrian for years. I did. She's I, great. I, I'm doing a yeah. I'm doing the the true thirty day with her right now. Same, yeah. yeah. And she is. Yeah. Uh, it's us. It's you, and it's John Caramanica. <laughs> and there's like a bunch of us out there. Matt Niglierelli. Like, yeah, there's a, a bunch. A lot of people. Well, clearly, like millions of people. But yeah. uh, Adrian is. Uh, you know, she brings just enough corniness to our mornings She's to start wild it off corny. <laughs> to start yeah. it off right. <laughs> Yo, I thought that was my secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like P90X. I don't know. You know, some like real like you know manly stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. We're all seeing Adrian. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, everybody's been uh, you know uh, sitting down and, and gathering around the television every Sunday night, uh, watching the uh, the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. Uh, have you uh, found anything out about Jordan, about those Bulls teams that you did not know beforehand? I don't know if I found anything out just, you know, growing up and having those Jordan teams be such a big moment in, in any basketball fan's life. Um, but but mine especially used to, I used to live in California and you always saw the Bulls on WGN because that was one of the few stations that was nationwide yeah 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 that was nationwide when, when we were younger um I think it just reinforces everything right you knew that Jordan was a taskmaster you knew that he was hard to get along with and he and if you were a teammate you're gonna hate him but <laughs> you're gonna appreciate that he tried to get you up to his level so just being able to to see new film and and see that that footage in real time of those seasons and what he was going through i mean it's just like a injection of nostalgia right? well yeah and <laughs> and that's that's been very interesting around here too uh obviously those those jordan years uh that time brings a lot of memories back for us we before the quarantine started bought a nintendo um which was preloaded it's a it's a nintendo that has like an hdmi plug now but it it's preloaded with 30 games and jeff and i have been playing super mario 3 because that's very nostalgic for us have you been going back and well, also because it's the only video game that we can like do well at yeah that's it that's it yeah so, <laughs> but have you been like listening to music from you know years past have you been uh you know finding things pictures or or memories that can bring you back to a place of comfort it is weird, right? Because I think at this time, we're all trying to get back to something that we're more familiar with and comfortable with. And I'll be honest, during a lot of walks around the neighborhood, I found myself listening to Pac, listening to West Side Connection, listening to DJ Quick, some yeah. of the West Coast stuff that I grew up with. And you're exactly right. It takes you back to a moment in time where it felt like you know, everything was normal. Yeah. What was the first concert you went to? Oh, man. The first concert I went to... I want to say Montel Jordan. Yeah. That is so dope. <laughs> Do you know what you were wearing? 
Oh man, I probably wouldn't tell you even if I, <laughs> yeah, I Like you were probably uh, like what, like fifteen or something, and you were like wearing like grown in sexy stuff, <laughs> hard bottoms, yeah, yeah, hard bottoms, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it was this is how we do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan, this has been a, a particularly uh, tough year for uh, West Coasters uh, with the passing of Kobe. Um, have you been removed enough to sort of like put everything in perspective and consider? what his whole career and life uh, has meant to, especially people who have that Los Angeles connection? Yeah, honestly, you know, it still, it still doesn't hit. It still hasn't really hit. And I don't know when it has or when it will. Um, my friend a couple of days ago sent me a, a YouTube footage that I didn't even know was out there of me asking Kobe a question at, at one of the finals that I don't think I'd ever seen it. And you know, it just brought all that back again. Um, like, I, there's like moments where you're gonna like always remember when stuff happened, and and learning about Kobe's death was just like I was taking my son to get his hair cut, and uh, I just started to see the the reports flash, and I'll never forget how I felt at that moment because you know, right after my son's haircut was over, I took him home, and for me, it, it and honestly, it felt like when Pac passed. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll never forget, you know, where I was in that moment. And I was just, you know, 11 or 12 when that happened. And, you know, those those things, they take a long time to, to, to settle in. And yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I think in a lot of, like, hip-hop beefs, people would take sides. I know that Jeff and I, for no reason other than we were huge Jay-Z fans, stopped listening to Nas when they were beefing, right? Did you happen to take a side when Kobe and Shaq did first have that sort of, like, who's, you know, a bigger presence here and who should get the ball more and who should be, you know, the man ultimately? Did you did you choose one over the other in terms of uh, Shaq versus Kobe? I don't think I did at the time, just because even though they were bickering, they always seemed to figure it out when it mattered most. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they bickered all through those three championships that they won together. But when it was crunch time, they always came through. And when Shaq got traded to Miami, you kind of knew it was almost the end of the line for, for Shaq as far as his domination goes, because Kobe was you know, a maniac about being in shape every season. And, and, and Shaq was not. Like every, year, yeah, every, every year Shaq would come in a little bit heavier, uh, need a little bit of a more surgery or, or operation that he would put off. And, you know, Kobe, you knew that he didn't have to turn on a, a, a switch to be at his best, but Shaq, you knew that. And you knew that one time that that switch just wasn't going to come on. Watching the, watching the Jordan documentary now, you know, do you see – the same killer instinct in Jordan as Kobe? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think especially Jordan talking at Kobe's memorial kind of emphasized it more. You know, they during Kobe's career, he didn't really touch on how much of an impact that Michael Jordan had on him. I think it's only coming to light now that Kobe was really chasing Michael, and he wanted those six championships. He wanted more than Michael. Uh and you see the games are just completely patterned after one another. I think Michael Jordan had a interview like a couple of weeks ago where I think he said that only like of the players he'd want to play one-on-one, -on -one, it would be like Elgin Baylor and Jerry West and other old guys. Then it was like Kobe would probably be the only person I would worry about because he'd stole all my moves. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I was just like, that's, that's the highest compliment. Um, 
you know, a, a lot of people now are binging through series new and old. Obviously, uh, you have already watched The Wire. You have, uh, you know, written uh, quite a lot about that. Is there anything that you have not watched that is sort of like missing from your canon? Not watched missing from my canon. Um, I feel like I've seen all of the like prestigious TV shows. Um, we just finished the third season of Ozark. Yeah. That show, the the same casting director that The Wire had, um, it's the same one for Ozark, and she's wow. really, really talented at putting people like who just seem like they always existed in that world. Her name's Alexa Fogel. She also did Atlanta with wow. Donald Glover. Wow, wow, wow. Um, so that's a big one that we just completed. I don't know if I have any any prestige ones that, that are still on my list. I feel like I'm trying to check them all off. By the way, the, the Jason Bateman casting, like, originally like is is a super weird one right because like he had mostly done all comedic stuff before he'd never really gone dark right he certainly you know at that point had been on a really you know hot streak in terms of being like that guy who could be really dry and really funny and yeah yeah this is clearly a, de- a departure and now it's like people only know him for this yeah like i wonder it, what you saw yeah well i, I think he may, he may have come attached to the show beforehand like mm. i think that's the case with like big shows is that if they're get like a big star then she like fills in the rest so she like does like you know julia garner for ruth langmore and those type of of slots yeah um, but yeah i like it i still look at that show and i see like arrested development you know, yeah in it at, at some points <laughs> um jonathan as someone who has you know spoken to so many people across the sports and entertainment worlds do you find like us uh, the little kid inside of you uh, getting such a kick out of the fact that you're actually speaking on a human-to-human level with people that you grew up idolizing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the kick as much as you want to be objective um, and, and be able to look at people just as people, which is what I try to do a lot. There's obviously sometimes when you're like, man, like, I grew up listening to you my whole life or I grew up watching you play and, and, you know, that, that stuff is always going to be there. But, you know, I, I think, I think most of the time I just try to try to still always have that human to human connection and try to pe- treat people like people. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I well, you know, as, as somebody who you've spoken to a lot of people and we always get asked this, like a, a which is a very basic question, like what's your favorite interview? But I want to know, mm-hmm. like, of anybody that you've interviewed, who's somebody that you would be like, I want to speak to them more? Uh, Ed Burns, who was a co-creator of The Wire with, with David Simon, mm-hmm. is just one of the smartest people that I've ever talked with. And a lot of The Wire was based off of his life. Like he was the real police detective mm-hmm. in real life. He was the guy who left the police department to go teach in a Baltimore middle school. And he just like his whole conversation was just like an, an education on, on life. And I feel like <laughs> if I could pick his brain a little bit more, I'd be able to, to solve the conundrum of life. He's like one of those <laughs> Um, Did you, did you get a kick out of this? Like we did in watching like the Jordan documentary, the filmmakers present 
uh, an iPad to Jordan, you know, for him to watch clips and, and then like an iPhone to like Dennis Rodman and they can and, and Scottie Pippen too. And they can watch these clips and get a reaction from that. That's something that like, you know, when we've uh, spoken to people, had conversations with people, clearly we have not done. But I think it's such an interesting interview tactic. I thought that was genius, and I got mad because he kind of stole my bit a little bit. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) The the way that, like, the way that I do oral histories, and the way that you make it make it seem like it flows, and that it's like just a conversation among people is, you know, once you get some going, you can read somebody's quote to somebody else and say, "Well, what do you think about that?" Instead Mm. of you presenting this same question that they probably heard a million times, it can be more organic. And I think that that's what they got in that documentary is that they got they didn't just ask Isaiah, Michael Jordan, hey, you walked off the court. You didn't shake hands with Isaiah Thomas. What was that all about? They actually showed what Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas thinks about it now to, to MJ and allowed basically MJ to like laugh in their laugh in Isaiah in Isaiah's face as he was holding the, the iPad. It was just more <laughs> organic. Um, actually, what is, what is your favorite 30 for 30 episode? Uh, probably the Fab Five. Oh man, yeah, uh, same director as this. Yeah, Jason same Hare. director. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty special, and I think that uh, I just you know obviously this comes during a time when uh, we never expected to be in this situation, but I think what ESPN. Uh, and Netflix have done in bringing this to uh, a place where people can gather around and uh, get some excitement on a regular basis, week in and week out. I think it's just been like something we can take joy in, you know? Yeah, for once. Um, By the way, Jonathan, I do want to apologize for misaging you when you went to the Montel Jordan concert. I didn't realize (laughs) that you and I were like the same age and that you're not like, uh, you know. What you should have done instead, Jeff, is uh, show Jonathan a video clip on your iPad to sort of get him back in the moment. Listen, uh, Jonathan, we love you. Take care of yourself, you and yours down there. Uh, Stay stay working on on the same schedule as you can, both on your book and on Legos. Uh, We'll be checking in. You know that. And until then, be well, all right? I right, appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Shout out to Jonathan Abrams. Shout out to Russ Bankson. And shout out to the one and only Big Waz. Jeff, are we back tomorrow? We are back every day forever. As always, guys, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Right.